Welcome to the Mad Trio Podcast. This week we have the California Pariah, Jonathan Charney, James the Fat Man Stevens, Hello. Ryan Preston, and special guest host, Rob. Hey, the old guy. And this show is not sponsored by CoverGirl. Easy, breezy, beautiful CoverGirl. And it's going to stay because it makes me laugh. And at the end, I'm the one who edits the shit. <sighs> so well, we hey, we're going to entertain ourselves. That's right. That's so right. we talked about the SpaceX launch last time we did the yeah, show, yeah. but we haven't talked about the successful SpaceX launch. The successful launch. True. So what yeah. do you guys the think of that? I mean, the docking, the successful the docking, docking, the landing. They landed the rockets. The rockets landed. I mean, Although, did you watch the video? That was the strangest thing because <laughs> they had a they had a typical Wi-Fi hiccup, and the camera was zoomed on the platform. And the rocket was coming down. It cut out. And next thing you know, it was there. So I actually, <laughs> I actually didn't get to see it. I was working at the uh, time, so I missed all of it. Yeah, it was very weird. It was like, I've really? actually, I've heard that's typical. Um, so what I heard is that remote pl- landing platform they they use that uses a a direct signal to the satellite to beam it back to them. And so apparently, yeah. there's a certain point in the landing when they're using the platform when it's the 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 platform mounting camera that uh-huh. actually blocks the signal. Oh, that's wow. what I saw on a oh, YouTube okay. video. Now wow. your mileage may vary if it's true, but it's very very weird. But I mean, it was great. Don't get me wrong, but it's very strange. I mean, you kind of mean it's like the the moon landing hoax. Yeah, you know? yeah it's kind of like that. Oh, like, oh, it landed. Wait, wait, did it? Did it? And, <laughs> and just saw it coming in and then cut out and then boom, it's there. It's and, like, and just like uh, Buzz Aldrin, wow. Elon Musk will knock you out. Oh, good. I have no <laughs> doubt about that. That that dude seems like he's a uh, rather high strong. Knock you out for trying to pronounce his son's he's name. He's not too. a little guy either. Really? I, I don't Musk? know. Yeah, no, 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 he's actually a pretty he's decent big dude. Yeah, really? he is. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's funny because I've never seen him. I, I don't. I've never seen him next to anybody. I've, all the interviews I've seen, he's sitting. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, with this uh, COVID thing going on, he's all the appearances he's been making. He's been doing that six foot separation. But if you look at him, he's he's a big guy. He's at least six foot. I bet two hundred pounds. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean that that's really exciting that we finally have non government agencies out there with astronauts not just satellites and hey, things how about like that but just non-russian yeah that's well, true. Well, so that you know, too we were spending 80 million dollars a seat on the soyuz rockets to get our astronauts there yeah. sometimes seat, it was more not a flight so now i know yeah. yeah sometimes it was more they were making bank off of that matter of fact there's a lot of speculation right now that the russian space uh, uh program that was like 17% of their entire space budget. Well, they, they, you know, so is, they're, they're a little bummed out right now that we're not using their shit anymore. Where they do a lot of ads and stuff. I saw a program 20, 15 years ago where they'll do like milk commercials and random stuff. They used to do it in the, the, the Mir space station all the time. Where they'd have a guy like drinking milk. and. Well, they're talking about bringing up, bringing yeah. up tur- <laughs> space tourists to the space They've station. So they're... You know, if we don't use the seats, they're going to find somebody to fill it. So I know so that's what they're talking about. I know why Elon Musk is officially doing all of this. He has six kids. He's he's really trying just to make child support payments. <laughs> mm-hmm. And don't forget, Boeing is also making a capsule. But they've failed miserably so far. Well, they, it's like everything else. They learned by their mistakes, and so they figured it out. They didn't. So believe it or not, the last launch that they failed. And this is typical. It was a software glitch <laughs> that kept it from going into the right orbit. 
and they didn't have enough fuel to now bump it back to the right orbit, and they realized they made a miscalculation so, in the uh, software. I, are they, I think it was a conversion back from the, to metric, you know. Uh, I am um, probably. I am wondering if they're able to innovate as fast as around um, Elon Musk's company has, because I've heard that one of the things SpaceX does more than better than anybody is something blows up. They're build, building a new one. They know the problem. Apparently, the right. level of uh, right. innovation in SpaceX is supposedly incredible. incredible. And NASA talked about that. The, the, yeah. the fact that they learned from their mistakes so quickly and corrected it that, that it was amazing that they were able to do what they did. Elon Musk is 6'2". Yeah. Well, think about how many See, people are you. just so excited to be a part of that. I mean, how many people went into science because you know back in 0405 we started talking about the privatization of, of space travel getting untold numbers of people into science and engineering and and you know that sort of that sort of thing with just this hope of being involved in something as bitching as this yeah you know, so it's it's not the lowest bidder you know it's not right. the the we're hoping on that government contract and until then we're poor at the company that everybody likes to work for. I've got a buddy who actually does security at SpaceX and he fucking loved his job. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, Good for him. And I don't think tasing. Boeing, Boeing can do it at the pace SpaceX can do. I just don't no. see it. No, they're, they're too big a company, too old a company to set in their ways. And I wonder degree, what you know? the, and yeah, the other thing I was thinking is SpaceX, all they do is the space stuff. Versus Boeing has so many fingers and so many businesses that they can't focus financially on one thing. Where Elon Musk can literally just pour his fortune into one thing because he's making so much money. Yeah. yeah. That he's definitely streamlined it. But at the same time, you're going to get that capitalism investment in what's going on now. You know what I mean? You're going when the Blue Origin thing starts taking off, it's going to be this this competition competition breeds that innovation right you know so what's going to happen is going to be exponential when you get multiple companies you know getting in there with a vested interest in being <clears throat> hey we're, we can do this a little better than the next guy right you know <clears throat> and uh the other reason why i think spacex is doing so well is spacex is privately funded it's not like Boeing who has to answer to stock investors and people who are trying to short the stock or not this or not that so Elon Musk and the board don't really have to answer to anybody yeah. versus versus Boeing. You have some, uh, you know, you got an investor that doesn't like space and can literally just sabotage what they're doing. Well, you know, you, you have this situation with Boeing where, you know, you hope that 737 software isn't in their spacecraft. <laughs> <laughs> Oof, imagine being a pilot in that. Like, man, which, which way do we go here? <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'd want to be an astronaut on that one. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's like, like, I I was but, pretty certain these astronauts that are jumping in the SpaceX launcher were really secure that they were going to make it. Oh, I yeah. mean, come oh, on. No doubt about it. SpaceX proved multiple times that they could do it. And I mean, they've been launching, somebody would have to look it up for the details, but they've been launching supply missions for years now, a number well, of years. Um, think I just, I was just on the SpaceX uh, um, website and they actually said, where is it? I'm going to actually pull it up. I think they said the Falcon 9, let's see if it loads before I just try to spout out the number. There we go. 85 total launches, 46 total landings, 32 reflown rockets. Yeah. 
I mean, how badass is that? Yeah, it's uh, it's as, incredibly as the impressive. Stats. I mean, that's yeah. just uh, NASA can't claim that. Oh, well, <laughs> Bo- <laughs> Boeing can't claim well, that. SpaceX, as far as I know, is the only company in the world in the history that has had um, not just one but two rockets. The the first stage actually land and be reusable. Yeah. Right. Um, that's why they actually made the space shuttle is because they wanted a platform that they could continue to reuse and not spend the massive amount of money it costs to build a that, multi-stage rocket. That probably saves them right. well, enormous the amounts of money. Is the booster itself, you know? Yeah. So that's the incredible part is they have that stage one booster that's reusable. Right. I you heard know, that's the the real effort is getting out of the atmosphere. And I heard Elon Musk say it's actually it makes uh, SpaceX insurance much cheaper when you can really use well, it even just once. You know the yeah. analogy he used was the fact that okay, let's say you take a, an air uh, uh, commercial airplane and you fly from L.A. to New York, and then you have to throw that airplane away because you've flown it right. That's that's what we we've always done. You know those capsules were yeah. used once and that's it. So it's like, can you imagine what that cost of that flight would be? Yeah. So. Any, you know anything that they can save, uh, that's fantastic. I was trying to find a yeah, just a number on what how I'm many really looking forward to is going to be the Artemis program. Is that the one that that, that just blew up? No, no, no. The Artemis uh, program is going to be the, the the moon mission. Oh, oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. So I was curious about this. According to what I'm I'm reading, back in the day, it was about uh. So the taller, the entire cost for the Apollo system was twenty five point twenty five point four billion or one hundred and fifty two billion in today's dollars. So I am wondering how much it actually cost just to launch, like how much was one Apollo launch with the rocket with all that? Oh, you don't want to know. <laughs> well, I would be curious because I, I like I, I'm curious on the difference is between the two. Because is it cheaper now or was it cheaper then? Um, the benefit of now is you've got you've got the material that's better, the metallurgy is better. Even though I've heard they have, I, I would say this: if we looked at those numbers, we still have to account for inflation. Well, yeah. So whatever well, number we had did. back then, I, I, th- I think John did. He, you, you said that it was hundred cost. Billion? Yeah, twenty five point four billion back in the day. Back in today's then. dollars, it's roughly one hundred and fifty two. Oh, there you go. You got so one hundred fifty yeah, million dollars. Yeah, but that was the entire Apollo program. Program. Right? program like yeah. 13 that's or seventeen. So that's the cost 15? of one aircraft carrier now. So if we, uh, we yeah. could probably just look up and see how much NASA has spent to date, and from what I just found out, is uh, after three decades. So in 30 years, which NASA's been around longer than 30 years, but they say in 30 years, they had 135 flights towards space. Mm-hmm. I'm saying towards space because mm-hmm. not all were successful, not all made it out <clears> of the <throat> atmosphere, blah, blah, blah. SpaceX has done 85 mm-hmm. in, their, in their years. Right. Now, granted, they took what a pretty short ne- period of time to crank up to eighty-five. No but but we also have to take into account that they took whatever NASA had done and learned from that. Gemini Apollo and took it sure. to the next level. Sure. So eighty-five flights is, is very 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 impressive. It but so- I mean, one hundred and thirty-five flights. Compared to 85 in the amount of time is crazy. It is. 
It really so is. A Falcon 9 launch cost, and this is according to Google, so mileage may vary how much this is true. A Falcon 9 launch costs an average of $57 million, which works out to be less than 2500 per pound to orbit. I am having an issue trying to figure out how much it costs Apollo. I don't know. I, but, bet uh, it's, I bet it's more money than that. This one says the uh, estimated total of NASA's 30-year space shuttle program is $209 billion. Yeah, that was the shuttle. Program. So that's the space shuttle, the yeah, shuttle right. program. That's yeah. just the that's just the shuttle program. The shuttle. That's not everything else well, included. The interesting thing I'm I'm kind of curious about the shuttle program is because I heard it was kind of after a while a lot of it was rehabbing that giant mother booster and because oh, yeah. because what was it so many people retired that they were having problems finding people that knew how to do certain things. Yeah, because it was they were know, actually quite successful. The shuttle program was a very successful program. Uh, I mean, you know, other than the two major failures. They actually did really well. So, yeah, you know, but it was expensive and it had a lot of moving parts. I, I have and to say those. I, I can't, I don't know what it's like to see like the Apollo program launch, but when I was a kid seeing the space shuttle and this giant airplane strapped to like a, a bottle rocket was the coolest thing as a kid. Just, <laughs> yeah. I, I missed it. We missed the a chance to. Seriously, fucking love that so much. We, oh, we, yeah. we missed a chance to actually see it launch. Um, by a week but it was still one of the just seeing it launch on tv was was really cool i was kind of pissed that i was at work and i was gonna, just gonna put it on my phone so i could i could watch it i was really pissed that i missed the because it's still it's still fucking cool you're, you're 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 strapping this this people to it oh by the way the crew dragon spaceship totally looks like it's out from 2001 like <laughs> it's this, pretty awesome I, I, the, the only thing I'm wondering is how different, because I was watching how they uh, talked about making the space uh, suits and yeah. how the space suits, or the, at least the interior space suits, have to be uh, things where you can use all the buttons and the touchscreens. Right. I am wondering, is there any manual options? Like if there's a hiccup, can they, they just no. pull? No, but they did take <laughs> manual control of the. Uh, that was one of the tests to hmm. see if, the, 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 you know, making sure their their touch buttons could make it fire properly and they could put it in the attitude <laughs> that they wanted. I, I wonder if future versions are going to have some sort of manual the, control. The, it's all all fly-by-wire. and Well, you can so, do fly-by-wire with a joystick. I'm just wondering, like, is there some sort of way, like, what happens if things go sideways? Or is it just, like, it's a rocket, we'll hopefully just go straight? <laughs> well, they, they don't control the rocket, per se. That's... That's controlled pretty much all computer stuff. You're talking about the once the capsule is separated, that's the control that you're looking for. Can you manually control that? And so that was one of the things they tested before they docked to the ISS here, and it was successful. Now, they haven't talked about if they had a complete power failure and their screens all went black, what would happen? I haven't heard anything. There's got to be, now I've heard there's there's something, I don't know what, there's got to be a way to it because I don't see even Elon Musk going, okay, we're just going to strand these people. I'm sure there's redundancy, <laughs> so there's major redundancy built into that. By the way, did you know that capsule can also take seven people? Yeah. That's amazing. And the, I saw actually how the spacesuits connect. They connect to the chairs. Yeah. That was like I, the little innovations, and I'm thinking, how come you you never saw like NASA think like the tether, just have it connected to the chair? Do, it's just like the level of thought I thought was pretty amazing. So I guess this is what happens when you have people who you're actually paying people massive amounts of money to come up with innovative ideas. Well, don't forget you've got the uh, uh, the library, should we say, of NASA to go back and look at and say what worked and didn't work. So you've got that advantage already of yeah. you know fifty years, sixty years. 
50 years of flight, right? So <laughs> you add all that up, and then, you know, SpaceX goes, okay, this was successful, that wasn't successful, this worked, this didn't. You but, you th- but besides the, the, the funding cuts in NASA, you think that at some point in time somebody would have these revisions. Like, I've, I've been hearing the, the, the new latest and greatest EVA suits from NASA for 30 years and multiple designs, and none of them have ever come out. They all, they all look like they're from the 70s. So remember the EVA, the, uh, the EVA suits themselves are entirely different than the suits that these guys are wearing. Well, yeah, no, but I'm just, I'm, what I'm talking yeah, about. You what can't I'm, go in a spacewalk with what they're wearing. What I'm talking about <laughs> is how slow the innovation level is of, of NASA. Because they've had 50 years to come up with the ideas that Elon Musk has. They've had, they've had 30 years to z- design a spacesuit that has better articulation than I do now. And then somehow you've get this South African billionaire who's just pumping, you know, a ton of money, but is able to buy the best of the best of the people and just well, make stuff that, you know, I'm, that, that's what I'm saying. He used Jose Fernandez, who is an artist for Wolverine, <laughs> Batman yeah. and Wolverine. Yeah, so exactly. he used him to He's design a designer. This. To design the suits. Yeah. I mean, it was like, yeah, absolutely. Well, no, just, I, I'm just saying that, you know, they, they, <sighs> NASA, I, I just it comes to being a capitalist versus you know having the government do it is you just the the guy who could offer more zeros can well, innovate faster than the government contract. I just I don't know. I just kind of it did kind of bum me out a little bit that you know you you have this this great and powerful of uh, the NASA thing and it just didn't you know you have to depend on a third. But you gotta realize that this is coming. Oh, yeah, I, I knew mean, it was I coming. Mean, it's just the same thing as, like, back when England, you know, supposedly owned the seas, but there was a lot of privateers that were going out and doing the same thing, and then we move up into space, and now we're up in space. Of course, and most, of course, of the, most of the privateers used to work for England. Let's, let's not forget that. True, but, <laughs> I mean... They, Don't there forget was, and then when they lost their job, they became pirates. Uh-huh. Yeah, but, I mean, they're people that own their own boats. Yeah, right. Could go out and do it. Right. And now we have space, which, I mean, you got people that have the money, so they're going to make their own rockets. Don't forget, he's also going to do satellite there. internet. Yeah. Starlink. I, yeah. yeah, he's launching. Oh, yeah. You that's Skynet? great. Yeah. Skynet, Ryan? Skynet? Yeah, uh, exactly. Wouldn't that be great? No, that name is copyrighted. So Star- he couldn't use it. I think he wanted to. So, so, so Starlink. Schwarzenegger probably said, no, you can't be using it. So Starlink is based off of Linux, and so is the, the Crew Dragon. There's, there's, it's all open source software, which is the, I thought was amazing. <laughs> I doubt they're using like Red Hat, but I was pretty cool. I, I don't know, but I, I, I bet they're not using Wi-Fi. <laughs> 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 oh, somebody will hack that signal. Maybe. <laughs> How just... would you use that with a, I mean, you would have to have some really good, good firewalls. Oh, absolutely. To it's, be, it's, it's gonna, to be binging it off of space, and, you know, yeah, I mean. It, it's air gap. You talk about like, the crew dragon from space or yeah. when it's the few seconds when it's actually in the earth. No, I mean, it's, it's <laughs> obviously you, you're not going to be allowed access. To, I mean, <laughs> to you think China computer. and Korea are going to try to hack I, it? I, I bet I know the password. It's one, two, three, three four, four right. five. China and North Korea are already trying to hack one, it. One, two, I three, you. four, five. Yeah. What kind of password an idiot would have on his luggage? <laughs> hey, it works. What's the difference? TSA has a key to get into your luggage anyway, so it, you know there's no reason to lock yeah. your luggage. There's no reason. So I, it's I, all biometrics nowadays. Yeah. It's just. So I am. I, I was kind of thinking just a uh, second ago in the 1960s and the, the 
basically like 1960s when the rocket race was really on, when there was really no billionaire or millionaire spending their money towards this, what was the thing? I was wondering what the thing that they were spending their money on. The billionaires? Well, yeah, because if you, you think about it, you think about it because... the 60s, I don't think there was a billionaire ever. If no, you think about it, there's always a rich person like Elon Musk spending their money on in, on something. Uh, Carnegie, You've never seen Brewster's Millions? Or Carnegie, That's what they were doing. Carnegie, it was um, libraries, for example. He spent and, and, and endowments for the arts well, and yeah, I was gonna see he also <clears throat> did other things besides just libraries. But yeah, he you know, so he died a pauper. And so I'm just kind of wondering what was the person in that era? Who was the Elon Musk on that era? It's a damn good question. Rockefeller. Um, in the sixties? Wait, what no, era? 60, he said sixties. Yeah, too far. Followers. They were investing in cocaine, acid, <laughs> poppy plants. <laughs> I don't know. I really I'm don't thinking know. you're talking well, about the 70s. There's to say I can't come up with this answer. Having I can't lived either. There. I was alive then. I should have well, known. I'm thinking Timothy Leary, and then yeah, there was also. Not, I mean, I'm just thinking. I don't know. Um, it's a disco question. I, there's got to be an answer to it. I just don't. Got to be an answer. I just. Can't. I'm not googling. I'm not on any electronics today. This is just my brain. <laughs> working today i'm not looking at i'm tired of looking at my phone i'm trying to i yeah i can't answer that one john well it's because i was just curious and kind of thinking but google it <laughs> i asked and then who's who was the i actually put who was the elon musk of the 60s and nobody came up oh, no. god um philanthropists for the 60s. that's what i was gonna would say it, would it be a philanthropist though because he's not exactly he's a hardcore capitalist you know he's he's it's it's in theory, what he's doing is philanthropy, but he's also making a lot of money in the process. So Howard Hughes. Uh, in the yeah, 60s? I thought go. by then he had kind no. of... In the 60s, like early 50s, the 60s, Howard Hughes was the man. Wow. Okay, so yeah. celebrity millionaires from the 60s and 70s, Jack Nicholson, Jane Fonda, Harrison Ford, Clint Eastwood... I'm just thinking... In the 60s? None of them are a musk, though. Yeah, no... So Howard Hughes comes. Yeah, close, Howard close. Hughes. He comes closest. Is 1960 richest man in 1960, but then for 65, 70, and 75, blanks. <laughs> when did I Howard just, Hughes wow. die? Uh, 76. Okay. So you know what? That makes sense. That I I could see kind of the comparison. Both incredibly intelligent. Both incredibly driven. The difference between Howard Hughes and Elon Musk is you don't have the government trying to kill him. <laughs> Hughes had um, a number of think, think tanks, kind of like the Rand Corporation. They were the big think, think tank at that period of time. I think they're oh, still around, actually. There were between 4 to 11 billionaires in 1960. Really? Yeah. Do we know any of them? Ten of them were pieces of shit. They're not giving me any names. You can't get the names. I'm trying to find um, out. But oh, uh, here we go. Uh, Mellon family, Rockefeller family, uh -huh, okay. Paul Getty, J. Paul Getty. Yeah, there you go, J. Paul Getty, right? Oh, but I mean, saying Rockefeller family and Mellon family doesn't really tell me exactly. You know, old that's money really to carry through. Yeah, that's right? just old Hell, money. Rockefellers are still rich. Getty, Gettys are are you know he built a big art museum. I mean. Uh, old, see, right? he says that his money was uh, from oil, but it doesn't say he had any, was, any investments really in uh, 1960s. Yeah, that was my understanding. He did get his money from oil, but I don't know if mm. it was a speculator or what he was. So Howard Hughes' net worth was $1.5 equivalent to $6.74 of today's money. Approximately yeah, uh, one. Uh, he wasn't spending money 90. on Bruce Goose back then, though. 
Not in the but 60s. He didn't spend his own money on the spruce goose, did he? I thought it was one of the reasons he was on trial was for allegedly spending government money and taking forever to... Because he was a perfectionist. He was an engineer. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, the problem with the spruce goose is the war was over. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he didn't need it. It was a little late in getting it to production. So. Yeah, all it says uh, is Paul Getty was the richest man in the 1960s. Apparently, yeah. though, some of the actual technology design of the Spruce Goose um, was so innovative, they used parts of some of the stuff today. The hydraulics and a few other things apparently were revolutionary for the time. I'm sure. Well, I'm thinking maybe maybe they were wasting money on Warhol back in the 60s. <laughs> I mean. Well, we are spending a lot of money in Vietnam. I, that's what I'm thinking because I'm yeah. really I'm looking through all the stuff that they're saying was you know <clears throat> millionaires in 1960 and it's like it's like right after 1960 where they were saying Getty was the richest man. There's like nothing. Yeah, kind of. So it's got to be yeah, it's got to be because, dark space because of the war and <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't even think about the war at the time. It was just <clears throat> John's bag falling. Oh, okay. it, it just got his old expensive stuff in our studio. I actually thought of the cat falling for a second. <laughs> I was like, "There's a cat." The in ghost here. is back in our studio. Um, yeah. So <laughs> to answer your question, John, no one. 1960s, no one. <laughs> well, no, certainly not an Elon Musk. I mean, yeah. But you can't. You get no Bezo. Uh, you know, I mean, if we want to go back, no jobs. Money on the no. Hueys. And the news? Yeah. I don't know. No. So, I mean, you know, who's comparable to Jobs and, you know, and... Uh, I, I guess in the 1960s, nobody. The 70s, <laughs> he was a, there was a bunch of drug runners. Uh, yeah, well. Um, <clears throat> well, that's what I'm Bill, saying. They Bill were Gates. investing money in the in the drugs when did Bill for Gates the 1970s. Start? Uh, when did he 80s. start making his money? He got. I thought it was the 70s he started really... Started was, making money. Was he making money? In the, I was thinking he made most of his money in the eighties. I didn't. Well, think when he came up with basic, that was in the sixties, and he, he, you know, he was getting royalties on on that from everybody. Um, so he started. That's what started his uh, fortune, I believe. By the way, Jeff Bezos is five seven. Yeah, he's a little guy, but he's got a lot of money. He's making up for his lack of height. Oh, I, Big time. You know, I'm not, I, other than reading the wiki, it doesn't seem that it's going to give me an easy answer. Yeah. On, on jobs. So, <coughs> jobs. Or, well, Gates Bill or Gates. Jobs? Gates. Gates. Oh. Bill Gates. Well, Bill Gates, yeah. So it started, it had to start, I'm assuming, in the mid to late 70s, because during the 80s, in the height, because he was running with Mike, uh, Microsoft and Apple were kind of working together. Um, 75. Right. That sounds about right. He co-founded uh, Microsoft with his friend in 1975. So, Paul Allen. yeah, he probably started making money in the 70s. I'm assuming, the, you know. I sure wish I was one of his friends. I would have yeah. loved to have been <laughs> one of his buddies. He made every one of his friends rich, every one of them. Except for his kids. His kids will have money. Oh, I don't will. care what he says. He, he said, well, from what I, I, I looked it up and did some reading on it, he's giving them a certain amount of money right. to start off. Right. So, right. And that certain amount of money is 
Way more money than yeah. I read years ago it was supposed to be like ten million dollars. It's like hell, I could move to the backwoods of of you know, Minnesota and live off of ten million dollars my entire life. So Do you remember when he, him building his his that big house in Washington State? Yeah. And how state of the art this that house was going to yeah. be, and how long ago was that now? Twenty long time, five, yeah. three years. I wonder yeah. how outdated that he house. He probably is now. just like looked at it and said, "It's not worth keeping up." I, yeah, I, that's I, what I'm wondering because if he's not going to leave it to his kids, who would they'll want? Make, they'll make, make his museum out of it or something, but it's got to be really dated now. I, I bet he updates it as time goes on. He's pretty, yeah, he's pretty future forward. I would have thought you would have done as much as you can. I don't know. He pretty much, you know, once he made his fortune and he started backing away from Microsoft, Microsoft, as far as I could see, he pretty much just started saying, hey, I'm going to go do other stuff. And then they've got their foundation. That's a big thing that they do. <coughs> so he and his wife are doing pretty well on that. Oh, yeah. I guarantee they're doing really well. Yeah. I'm, I don't know. But if I was his kids, I wouldn't want that house. You wouldn't be able to afford the property taxes. Yeah, I, I have no idea what. I bet there's an answer somewhere what he's going to do with it. You need an endowment just for the pay the taxes on that house. Uh, well, you know, again, it's another one of these, you know, huge buildings. He built a huge house that, you know, like all these stars by these, you know, 20,000, 30,000 square foot homes. And what the heck are you going to do with them? See, now, now. How many rooms can you live in? I would if I was gonna. Build You'd like a to house, try, huh? You know, I, I, there are there are certain things I would do with it, but I wouldn't I wouldn't go smart house, uh, right? You know, I, right. I would stick with well, some of the that's basics. Up, that's upgradable. You know, anyway, you right? have like one of the old school elevators that still works after you know nothing like on Wi-Fi or any of that crap. Right. Maybe a, a dumb waiter as well. Things, like build, that. things that are practical and will last is right. what I would be going for. Faulty towers. I was thinking of when you know the Winchester Mansion type style, but, you know, whatever. Um, that house is actually pretty giant. It is pretty giant, but it's, it's also it's, weird. It's weird and weird. and the actual moving through the house is like almost claustrophobic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I agree. Um, but seeing it once is all you need. It's not like exactly. you go back to it. I, that, I, but I would do something. Like I said, I would stick with the practicalities. <laughs> something you know, nothing that's. <laughs> But how many you square feet do you think you really need in a house? Not a ton. You, you, know, you know, back I mean, when I, I was a kid, 30... I thought about a lot, having a lot of yeah. space, you know, multiple, like, five floors and crap like you, that. But in the You know what I would do? You need people to help things, you. Yeah. Care of, care of it, yeah. Yeah. You know what I'd do is I'd do one of these old barn conversions. That's more space than you would ever need. Is find one of these old barns, convert it to a living a, Oh, a, you know what space. I saw that was really cool is in Sweden. This guy was building a, a barn house, or you know, not a barn house, but uh, you know, a wooden house. What do you want to call it? He was taking wood from his own property, and he was milling it, and he was building a house with it. And, and then, and then he started thinking. This is in Switzerland. He started thinking about. He was an engineer, and he started looking at these um, glass houses, looking, you know, mm, and yeah. you know, trying to build a arboretum or whatever you want to call them. And so he built his wooden house and he built the big glass house around it. And because he was in Sweden and it's cold most of the time. And so he's got a greenhouse in there and he's growing all these plants nice. and doing all this stuff. And all of a sudden he has Mediterranean weather in Sweden where everybody else is freezing 
And he's in there nice and sitting back there having a great time with his plants and his tomatoes and whatever. And if he wants to cool off, he just goes outside. Uh, By the way, that transition's got to be a bitch. Oh, oh yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah but, but anyway, it was a very it was on um, National Geographic and they huh. did a you know, talk, he talked about how he came up with it and how he built it and like I said he was an engineer, so very detailed. And uh, he was talking about one of the problems he ran into is that there is Sweden's a very interesting company, a country. They are everything everything everybody and everything has a box to be checked on. So here he's got a house that needs to be hooked up to a sewer system. And he says, no, my house doesn't need it. It self takes care of its own sewer system. Okay, and, so and he's Sweden like said, fertilizer type stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Sweden said, no, you can't. You have to have it. He says, I don't need it. He says, I can do a better job than you can do. And they, he said he, it took him to going to court. The three years he had to go to court so that he didn't have to pay the fee for the sewer system that he wasn't going to use. I believe it. In certain areas of America, it's oh. illegal to be off the grid. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, but it, it was it was very. He said that's the whole country. It's a, he said there's a box for everything, and if you don't fit in that back box, it doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, he said it was very weird, uh, you know, because he was innovative. He was coming up with yeah. all these great ideas, <gasps> and they didn't have anything for any checkbox for him. I believe it. Yeah. So anyway, huh. kind of weird. I just couldn't imagine that transition. You know, you you go from you know, wearing a Panama hat and, you know, in shorts and all of a sudden, you know, it's like 25 degrees. Like, Hello. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I don't know. know. It was, I wouldn't it, build a house like the Coral Castle either. Yeah. Well, there are a lot of houses I wouldn't build. Actually, I think Did we lose Ryan. Ryan, are you there? He's napping. Yeah, I'm here. Okay. I actually think if I was going to do it, I love the idea of like the shipping container houses. I've seen some really, I, I I'm really into, um, like rectangles. Well, spaces that you that have multiple purposes. Like I saw this idea for, it's a inlet into basically it's a shelf, and you pull it. There's tracks on the floor. You pull it off, and it's a walk-in closet. And then the other side of it's like where the, your TV goes. And I well, love all kinds of great, great ideas. I don't know if I want a shipping container house. Well, you but could you could do like because I've seen I, them where they're like four or five stuck, and they've they've done some right. pretty amazing stuff. Right. Gotta do some nice insulation in there to get the yeah. But you're still limited to is to your width. You know, containers are only so wide, so long, so well, you high. you can cut yeah. them so and weld them. So you can put yeah. some together, but yeah. you're still confined. You know, I mean, I'm not saying that it can't work. Well, I'm just saying that it really... For a bunker? For an underground bunker, if you're going to dig a hole and bury it? Could. I, I could see that working better. Well, like for a I'll single you, person, I, really, I think it would be good. For married. Did you ever see some of those uh, uh, bunkers that they turn those silos into? Oh, yes. Those, those kind of look really cool to have as a house. Yeah. I mean, I could, Out I could Kansas dig that, and yeah, Iowa and all that. The old Minuteman rocket. So, some, got, some people have done some tremendous oh, yeah. jobs, and there's this guy who built a company building underground bunkers that bought one of those, yeah. one of the big ones, and he's converting it into, a, or has converted into, kind of like a timeshare. Yeah, like a, yeah, I've seen like, that. It's like yeah. a doomsday bunker, yeah. right? If you know the, the, the shit's going to hit the fan, you got to hit to Kansas to this one place, oh, you, and you had to have bought in. And then he's got like five years worth of everything for like eighty people. Yeah, and then there's also, and if I remember right, eighty people. Yeah, but it's also they have renewable sources like their their water yeah. renews. They can even grow their own food. Right. Um, and yeah. I think is, and if it's the one I'm thinking of, they also have an algae 
type of uh, mm-hmm. thing going on where they where they can even start growing things with that as mm-hmm. well. And yeah. so it's some really interesting stuff, but it's one of those. It's like I don't want to be sharing it. with Yeah, 80 people. I don't know. You, know, <laughs> you better like them. Right? Talk yeah. about talk about bunk, bunkers. Have you ever heard of the name of William Leonard Pickard? That sounds familiar. Might be on During the 90s, nearly all the world's LSD is thought to have come from the operations of a lab once yeah, located right. in a missile silo. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So he also had dreams of uh, grandeur. Yeah, I sure did. And Visions. monsters. Visions of grandeur. <laughs> Giant eyeballs. Have you elephants. ever looked at Frank Lloyd Wright's houses and buildings? No, I haven't. Style really? You've, have you know of them? Uh, yes. But you shouldn't. But I haven't looked at you his house. Wow. He's got one. Uh, he built one over a waterfall. It's just <laughs> incredible. Um, you know, he was uh, forward thinking. And, and the biggest problem that some of the houses are having that some of the materials that he thought were going to last aren't. And mm-hmm. They're having some issues with a number of the, the houses that they've, they've made historical. Uh, but I love his designing. I really like the, the way that gentleman uh, <gasps> thought and how he back then conceived yeah. of the space and how space would work with the environment. And See, I, I like stuff like that. I also like houses that you, uh, spaces that serve more than one purpose. Cause I was thinking about it is like, if you look over some like the Asian countries, spacious space is such on a premium. Some of the stuff they come up with to solve that issue is pretty innovative. Some of it is kind of wacky, but yeah. um, like uh, I've seen uh, pictures of toilets with sinks on them. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's all built in. So, you know, when you wash your hands and all that is your... I think it's interesting, and in, th- I think it's in Japan where your apartment is actually a tube. <laughs> basically, it's basically this oh, big tube. <coughs> capsule, they, capsule, they, there's capsule hotels. And and the same thing as the ho- uh, hotels. But they, they also have, you know, you can own your own tube. <laughs> that, that's your where you live. I, I have to be I don't, I don't think anything beats the Japanese uh, uh, mini apartments. Or micro apartments, yeah. whatever they're called. Yeah. You ever seen those things where like everything folds into the wall? Oh yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's the same thing, like kind of like the same idea I'm talking about. Is a I'm describing it as a tube because that's what it appears to be, but um, it they their sleeping compartment, their their bathrooms, their closets, and everything. the way they do it in such a small amount of space, they're they're really minimalists. To, to the maximum. Yeah, they take right. minimalists to the next level, though, yeah. man. Those, you know, I, I, I am wondering why nothing like that's ever come to the United States. Because I've never heard of, like... Because well, we're not an island. Have well, you no, well, looked at San Francisco? <laughs> yeah, well, think about this. Like a capsule hotel, for example, is... I've never heard of anything like that. Instead of spending a ridiculous amount of money on a hotel room in New York, you could rent a capsule. Right. I mean, I'm just surprised that's never made it to the States. Well, you know, the other issue, gosh, we're going to, we're, we're talking about, are we going around the world on this thing? But you could look at homeless. You could, you, yeah, we need the Wayback Machine on this one too. But you can, you know, you can look at the homeless situation and say, you know, well, we could probably go ahead and, you know, just build a number of these minimal tubes and they'd have a yeah. place to sleep. And Well, okay. You know. So uh, most of the people so who are homeless want, don't want homes. Uh, well, you know, exactly. the problem, part of, a lot of the, a lot of the, homeless people want to be homeless that's their thing well so uh our local sheriff's department rounded up uh quite a bit bit of our homeless people during the corona uh you know the quarantine that we had still having took them up to tahoe rented a hotel for them you know how long they stayed there 
day. A night. Uh, well, they didn't even stay a day. They stayed one, one night, night, and only a few of them did. And then they were gone. Well, because most of them want to be like wavy gravy in the hog farm, taking drugs and contemplating the fate of the universe. You know, if I was homeless, though, and they gave me a place, a place that I could shower. Well, and, well, and you know well, what? The, you know, the most of is you're used to doing that. True. Well, also, true. Don't so you want to shower, you want to be clean, <laughs> you want to have good food, you want to. They they don't. My, my first question would be, uh, how much can I get on room service? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I, can, I can relax and yeah. watch some TV. Can I get the mini bar? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't forget, let, and, um, in San Francisco, they were doing it, and there's rules. There's things you can and can't do. Uh, up until I heard they're, you know, like, so they, a lot of people don't like rules. And I know during the COVID thing, they, they were also apparently delivering drugs to them. Yeah. too heroin stuff like that so i think part of it is they, they don't want rules they're so used to because reality is being homeless there is a lot of freedom to it there's also a lot of negatives it's all what you you know it's all what you get used to it's all what you know you want to do it's all maybe you know i don't get me wrong there's a number of them that don't want to be in that situation but there's an awful lot of them that do want to be in it and that's their life so i don't know yeah i i I couldn't do it. I didn't have a place to live, but I had my vehicle for about a month that I lived in. Mm -hmm. Don't ever want to do that again. Right. right. <laughs> you know? And I, and I had the vehicle. To and you stay. had the car to be. Yeah. 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 So well, there um, are a ton of homeless people I, that live in their cars. Yeah. That's, but there, there's an exorbitant amount that don't. That just stay on the street or, right. you know, find some place to sleep. Um, well, it's a thing. It's, it's, uh, if you go to YouTube, type in van life. Um, one of the bigger channels is living the van life. Um, and living in a van. This is what this Middle guy down by the river. This is, this is what this guy does though, is he lives in a, in a, a Volkswagen RV, uh, more or less. And he, did he buy a river? Well, he, <laughs> where I was trying to go, they almost well, all this, go by where water is. So, yeah. <laughs> this particular guy is a cinematographer, so he has a drone and all this equipment. So a lot of his videos are amazing. But he lives in a van. Well, that's his life. That's, that's his. his that's his. Yeah, that's full time. Yeah. So I mean, that's. Uh, it appears that Ryan and I are the only ones that are thinking of Chris Farley right now. No, Aww. I knew it. I just, <laughs> I just, just, I just decided to ignore it. I mean, yeah. Um, but I don't know why you would ever decide to ignore Chris Farley. I know. I mean, he's very loud and boisterous. He's but not, not here yeah. anymore. Yeah, he's not here anymore. Yeah, it'd be kind of hard to ignore Chris Farley, especially yeah. if it was alive now. Um, yeah, you know, kind of a smell. I just corpse zombie. I just couldn't. Do the 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 homeless thing, and I remember when I was out in <clears throat> one of the trips I've out had out to Hawaii. Oahu has a really really bad homeless. Mm. Um, actually, most of the Hawaiian islands actually have a really bad homeless problem. And I just remember going down the street <clears throat> one day, and there was literally a lady on the strip that fell asleep by by a by one of the uh, businesses that was closed and just had a puddle of piss mm. all around her. And it just rank. And I just remember looking at her and I'm like, she, she obviously knows she's pissed herself, but you know, I couldn't imagine being okay with that. With that. Yeah. 
And I just remember that was heartbreaking, but, you know, she was one of the more violent ones because I actually knew some of the locals and they were saying, you know, that lady just don't, don't go near her. She's she's violent. And I'm just kind of thinking, I also don't want some lady covered in her own piss attacking me. (laughs) So I'm just going to steer clear of her. That's for sure. But, um, that's like number number five of my do not bucket list. I just couldn't fathom the mindset of being okay living like that. And I just, it's just one of those that I just, yeah, I just I can't, know. I just can't get that. There was a, there was a gentleman, I don't remember his name. He came out with a book years ago and he actually lived for a certain period of time as a homeless. He went, he went to the city with a hundred bucks in his pocket and he said, if you don't want to become homeless, well, it's not easy. It's not impossible. There are programs and places that give yeah. you a room. You can get jobs. He said, it, it does take a while. But he says it's 100% possible to get out of it. You just have to want it. It basically came down to most people don't want it. Yeah, well, so, so, or they're so sure. stuck in, or, yeah. or they're so stuck into drugs like the, well, the golden voice bum guy. And don't forget mental, uh, mental health issues. Yeah. yeah. Homeless. It's, it's terrible. Many of them are, you know, uh, bipolar, uh, schizophrenic. Uh. I was dating a, a girl who was going to sex state. And um, she was in one of the uh, housing programs. And so she was with one of the, the student housings uh, units down by Sac State. And <clears throat> there was a gentleman that was the basically like the maintenance guy. And so I was talking with him one day and I come to find out that a year ago before I met him, him and his entire family we're living on the streets mm. and he went and got some of the aid that John and you were talking about and started his own business and then got contracted through Sac state as a maintenance man and is living on the grounds, making a good amount of money, got his whole family out of the streets and everything. And good it was just him. a very successful yeah. story. And it was just one of those that, when you meet him, you would have never guessed mm. that a year ago, him and his family weren't even living in a car. They were living on the streets. And it's just one of those that was like, I was just talking with them. I'm like, it's not so much, why doesn't everybody do this? But it's obviously possible if mm. you are determined enough to not stay in that situation. I, I wonder and if... he had young kids. Like, they were toddlers. I, I wonder if some of it is also... Yeah. I wonder if some of it's also swallowing your pride. Yeah, that was the other thing he kind of said is that there was there was some pride that he that he had to confront in his own, but you know, he also had the pride of being a father, a husband, right. that he couldn't do this to his family. It's it's pretty amazing how a little ankle biter makes you go, "Ah, crap, I got to <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but I whatever just, that got well, to you know, is. They, yeah, can you imagine? I mean, your your children, your young children and you got you got to tell them, "Hey, we have to live over in this corner uh, maybe with a box yeah I you know, just, or a tent or whatever they they have and that's what we're gonna have to live in yeah i couldn't imagine I'm, that with my I'm son i'm sorry you're hungry because i don't have the money to get you know get you the milk and cereal today yeah that's why the school lunch programs are so important yeah you know and, and that's one of the issues of this COVID thing was causing problems. Well, they they were they were still feeding them. I know a couple of Many people. Many were some some couldn't. Not I, everyone could. I know a couple of people who work uh, 
at a school and they, they were both talking about one particular was talking about, Hey, if you need lunches or breakfast, swing by if you, you know, so there were school districts that, that were, that were um, doing it. That's good. I don't Actually, know about up here. So but. yeah, up here, uh, my son's school, when you went and to go pick up his homework, mm-hmm. all the students had the option of getting a free meal. So all week, um, I think it was from like 9 a.m. to noon. If you went to the school, the school provided just a, a lunch, bag lunch, whatever. you know, and uh, milk or juice or whatever mm-hmm. for the kids. That's cool. So That's cool. I, yeah. I, I didn't know about it until I went and picked up the the school stuff. And James is like, we're going to walk through the cafeteria. And I'm like, but your classroom's up there, you know, and we walked through and, and the uh, cafeteria, and the cafeteria man was there. And he's like, hey, you know, you, are you? stopping and get something to eat and i said well that's up to him if he's hungry <laughs> go yeah. yeah go and talk to him and see what it is but i i had no idea but um yeah i think that's really cool i think it's really cool that yeah. they were still giving that option for for the kids it's good <sighs> so what do you think you think there's going to be a second wave or so i'm still betting that there's going to be a second wave of covid i see before so, be, so so hold on before and this so is I know, gonna, you, this I know is, you had your rules. Hold on, this so is be careful. This is talk. me skirting around around the rules that I set because there are certain things I didn't <laughs> want to talk about. But before the protests, and that is, is all I'm going to say about that, um, I would have said no because they shut down the economy. Everybody was doing good, but since there have been these massive protests, and from the videos I've seen, nobody is social distancing. However, I've seen a lot of masks. I would say I bet in the next, if the next month or two, I bet you're going to see cases spike just by the sole number of people who are out and about. I guarantee yeah. half those people had something. It's just statistically impossible for them, all of them to either be healthy or asymptomatic. So I think we're at the same level with, and trust me, I, I'm glad that the restaurants are open up and I'm glad there's a number of places and they're doing it correctly. But I also yeah, I've been think, definitely doing my part to keep uh, uh, Uber Eats alive. Yes, absolutely. I mean, you think did you go to a casino? But I I don't go to the casinos normally. So I, I'm just saying, you know, I'm th- well. That's one of the areas that you know is going by Red Hawk today. <laughs> you know, the, the casino's open, and I'm thinking to myself, that's a pretty closed environment. Even if you were cleaning everything and social distancing, I'm not sure I would. Cause you, yeah, you know, yeah. You know what? I got a buddy who was uh, telling me today he was uh, uh, planning a trip to, to Vegas pretty soon. He said uh, the Mirage is like 25 bucks a night. Um, and like one of the other ones, the Luxor, or one of the other crappy ones uh, is like six bucks a night. Wow. I mean, that is just the epitome of do we need asses in these beds? Man. Yes. No kidding. Do you, do you know wow. what worries me more about this than anything? And I was thinking about is, like like my son um right now he's an only child and he's around myself my his grandparents and and that's really it he's not around any kids and so it does worry me that potentially there may not uh be any school uh a friend of mine her daughter because of some of the 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 issues that she has like me you know uh, asthma type of thing uh is daughter's going to be at home so with young kids that interaction between children is incredibly paramount. I mean, uh, my kid is, you know, he's, he's three, but you know, four, five, and six, 
those are major fundamental years interacting with his peers. And so I have to admit that really worries me of how this is going to affect the children in general, especially in areas that this could be um, fundamental life altering in some degrees. I mean, high school kids not getting to graduate. I'll be honest. If I got to skip my senior year and still graduate, I'd be fucking dancing in the streets like the sharks. You know, if you get my yeah, uh, musical no reference. Um, oh, I don't get to go to prom. Oh, it's breaking my heart over here. <laughs> right. I'd be doing this in the street. Yeah. Um, but for young kids, like even James's son age, this, this does worry me of the effect that this is going to have. And I realize everybody's screaming, saying, oh, the education, the education. I hate to break it to you. Our education is important. The things you aren't taught in school are more important to some degrees. The interaction between people, conflict resolution. Um, well, what do you, you know, stuff like that. To the kids being at school, though, in as much as the parents need some place to put their kids and they don't have the time to teach kind of the, the other basics, you know, the, yeah, the, all that stuff is, I, I agree, almost equally, if not more important, you know, the life skills. Um, but at the same time, there's those basics that no parent has the time, nor the patience, mind you. Uh, like I've got a few friends who are sitting there just like, you know what? I thought this homeschool shit was going to be easy. I'll turn on the computer for them and then just say, hey, do your work. He's like, no, I'm doing the work with them. And right. it's, I'm learning right. all over again. I'm in fifth grade, you know? <clears throat> right. Exactly. <laughs> and that, that, yeah. that part worries me to some degree. Like what's going to happen to these kids? Um, I jokingly say that our generation being James Ryan and I are kind of the lost generation. Cause pretty much right out of high school, a few years later, the market completely tanked. I don't know anybody who's doing great because once they got out in the world, the market decided to say, okay, fuck y'all. But now what is this going to do to a next generation who a no fault of their own due to some allegedly some nefarious reasons, they're their life is now starting with an asterisk. Now, I, children are completely flexible. They're going to be able to get over this, but I'm curious what this is going to do to the young children. College, high schoolers. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested the next couple of years what that what that looks like, what it's remembered at, you know. Cause, They're going to live on Mars. Because college, college and high school students, no offense. I've been there. You've been to Mars? You y'all can <laughs> oh. you you all can just oh. kind of get over it. I mean, it's it, you're at the point where you can strive you're, you're flexible, but kids, they're, they're so dependent on other people. As long as they get, ri get rid of like, you know, the fancy little arts degree. I mean, they'll be okay. I mean, that does no, no, nobody no. any good. I need a barista. So, you know, let's be honest. Keep, you know, keep your arts degree. I'm yeah. hoping for shop classes. Uh, I, I think, yeah. you know, I think Isaiah would be a, a great electrician. Um, so we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I would say it's not colorblind, right? Need to come back with a vengeance. Yes. But see, that's funny. You talk about that. I remember when I don't, uh, I was one of the last people in uh, James and our high school that actually got to be in the shop class because they started, they removed the metal class after a certain period of time. And because I did, they had the shop fundamentals class where you got to use all the major to be introduced to everything but automotive, you know, mm -hmm. electrical, electronics metalworking and wood shop. Yeah, I got I was in electronics for a while. You know, Teacher before this, uh, this whole yes. thing started um, for our anniversary, my girlfriend got me a uh, uh, 
gift certificate for a blacksmithing class. Oh, that would be Uh, fun. It got canceled because of the whole damn COVID thing, but I was so looking forward to that. Well, I Um, imagine they're still going to do it. That would be really fun. Do you have a douche beard and do you buy oils? Matter of fact, I... I even donated to the guy who told me because I wanted it to be open when I want to go back. Yeah. Oh. Oh, that'd be cool. Oh. That's a tell her right on, man. That's a that'd be fun. Oh, by yeah, the way, if if you all want to check out, oh, I'm super interested in. Yeah. If you guys all want to listen, find uh, watch a a really cool blacksmithing channel. Check out. Uh, it's Steel. Um, forgot his first name, but it's uh do, 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 do. Alex Steel. Alex Steel online. Yeah. Um, he's one of my favorite. Alex. YouTube- Alec. Yeah. It's A-L-E-C. I like Forged in um, Fire. Yeah. Um, but this is really cool because he's, he's like, good he's like 23. He just, he moved it like last year, the year before that to Montana has, he's really fun to watch. Um, it's the first time I actually got to see somebody actually enjoying blacksmithing, which kind of like, I'd love to try that now just to seeing the kids just having fun with it. Well, you know, uh, <clears throat> we have a community blacksmithing shop here in our area and also in Coloma. There's a blacksmithing shop in mm-hmm. there that during the tourist session is actually open. Yeah, they show how they make. I've been there tools. for about like uh, 200 years. Yeah, I think so. Something <laughs> like that, exactly. I heard and somebody stole, stole the. I heard somebody stole the anvil. Which, by the way, nothing I, surprises me. So. I, 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 that's the only time I wish there was a like, camera there. How many guys? <laughs> I don't know. You know, that's a tough this? thing to steal. They want, you have yeah. to have a want it really bad if you're going to. You imagine if you accidentally drop that shit oh, on your man. foot. Do you think the guy was wearing a kilt? I mean, all these blacksmiths have this. Uh, yeah, they do kind of want to wear kilts, but it's a little cooler, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if some some idiot friend of mine said, hey, let's go steal, steal the an anvil. anvil. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah, I don't I'm not picking that shit up. Out of all the things to steal, too, it's like, what... I want to know what you want to do with it. You're going to drop it off a try to drop it yeah, off something because yeah. there's no Where way you're going to put it. Yeah. And what are you going to do with it? I'd, I'd love to see the discussion. His mom gets home, goes in the garage, goes home. <laughs> Full in right, right in the middle of the garage. Hey, uh, son, where did you get the anvil? The what? <laughs> the heavy thing that's stopping my car from getting in the garage. <laughs> I didn't know what it was called, but it was cool. I mean, in all seriousness i might like help pick it up but i ain't moving with that shit <laughs> no no i would i'm not i'm not putting this in your car yeah. how high is that tailgate yeah <laughs> screw I, you <laughs> how, however i would i would pay to watch somebody put it in like your car oh, just God, like the back thing of the, ain't gonna go nowhere no, <laughs> no it's, uh, God, how much would you say that anvil weighs that one must weigh a couple hundred pounds. Oh, I bet it, it more than that. I'm thinking like 500. Yeah, I mean, of course, it depends on what size anvil, but I mean, because there's... That one is a big one, It was though. a big one. Yeah. I bet it was 800 pounds. 800 I bet it was 800 pounds. pounds. 800, somewhere in there. God. So just a quick, um, a very quick search. Like, there's a 685-pound great piece anvil extra large. <laughs> Is three thousand five hundred dollars, and that's off of eBay. There you go. Oh my God! You imagine the shipping cost. <laughs> oh well, I think it's I think it's neighborhood pickup. I think I, I might drive across the country yeah. to pick that up. No. So, a couple of years save five dollars. I'm gonna go. A couple of years ago, you used to be able to get a pretty good quality gun safe from Amazon Prime. So now I'm gonna have to look up. Do you think you can get an Amazon Prime Anvil? And I guarantee, and I, I guarantee, two dollars shipping. Prime I want two days shipping on my on my. I was going to say, I guarantee that guy would hate you more than the the UPS, the mailman hated James when he bought two poker sets. (laughs) 
Those things only weighed 80 pounds each. Yeah, they gave me a dirty, they gave James or me a dirty look. I mean, I carried that shit up and down those steps. Yeah. And that was before you had your operation. Yeah. I so, mean, that was in a wheelchair. Yeah. <laughs> Lazy ass freaking yeah. UPS. Anyway, he doesn't get paid by the that's weight. That's an odd story. Anyway, I think uh, um, this all started with Ryan waiting, actually, can't uh, wait to get his so, uh, blacksmithing class. John, I'm not seeing an anvil stolen in uh, Coloma. I saw it. it was in Coloma, but I did find that uh, somebody stole. Uh, see, that's only a 200 and 300 pound anvil in uh, <sighs> Illinois. So, but that was in 2014. Light one. I, I still so. want to know if you steal an anvil, are you uh, like a farrier who who lost his? Like, I don't understand what exactly are you doing. What are you going to use it for? A boat anchor? That's the only thing I don't, I, 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 I truly don't I, understand. You got to start to get your tools somehow. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I just. Yeah, an anvil is a pretty specific, uh, specific thing. It yeah. just seems like a random thing to steal. I mean. But hey, if it's if it's after working in a big box store, from what I've seen, people will steal anything for no reason other than it's there. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I love you know. Back, yeah, back, for sure. We stay with the story though. Do you do you watch Forge in Fire? No. Yeah, no, I love that. I don't show. have regular That's TV. That's a great show. There was um, a, a YouTube show I think it's on called Amazon. Man at Arms. Called what? Um, Man at Arms. Oh. Yeah, Man at Arms is a YouTube show, but it's uh, very incredibly well produced. Hmm. But it's uh, uh, a show where they do a lot of, like, fantasy-style weapons, or they'll do real traditional techniques, you know, for, for historical stuff. Right. Um, like, uh, the first one I saw, they did a katana with a very traditional type of build, you know, the... Uh, the, the folding? The stack, you know, or... Oh, Dam- Damascus. And uh, the folding of the metal a bunch of times, and right. the traditional quenching and all of that. It was... Um, they're like really cool and they do like a lot of you know pirate cutlasses and was, you was, know swords from movies and stuff like that was, oh, was yes. that the same one that did the berserk sword yes <laughs> yeah i'm pretty sure <laughs> so it's the, about an eight foot sword and this wide but, and this thick yeah it's wow yeah it's from an anime so it's yeah. wasn't it's not real life it, it's about a you know a young kid. He was about what uh, five or six when they <clears throat> gave him a full size sword. Oh, so as he grew up, he was used mm-hmm. to using big swords. So he just kept on going up as he got older and older and older, and eventually had a sword that dwarfed a claymore. <laughs> it was wow. like six put together. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, good for him. <laughs> that's a that's a good anime, but I you know you have to like anime to like it. Yeah, you would. Okay, so. So anybody have any other final words, messages, thoughts? Be safe out there. Yeah, stay safe. You know, that's the best thing we can we can say right now. And apparently, we're, we're times. keep it secret, keep it safe. And apparently, the Bill and Ted's three trailer is out. Haven't seen it, but apparently Ooh, it is. So, ladies and gentlemen, for the California Pariah, Jonathan Charney, James, the Fat Man, Stevens. Ryan Preston and the old guy, as always, thank you for listening. Goodbye.